0: Hey everyone, my name's Sarah Archer and you're listening to the very first episode of the Speaking Club podcast. Let's go! I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, and thanks for dropping in to listen to the very first episode of The Speaking Club. Today, I'm going to tell you a bit more about the show about me, why I'm doing this. And also today we're going to have a look at some confidence tips for public speaking and for anything else really that they might come in useful for. So uh, who's the show for? Well, anyone that wants to learn more about the art of public speaking. Um, Corporate leaders, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, business owners, coaches. Anyone who wants to use speaking to grow their brand, their career or their business and also speakers who want to develop their craft and get more bookings. Basically, the Speaking Club is for all of you. Now, I'm gonna be looking at all different aspects of public speaking from the blank page, how you get from the blank page to like a finished draft and how you add humour, storytelling, audience interaction, engagement. All the way through to choreography of your presentation and performance tips so that you can get maximum impact. We're also going to take a look at networking, pitching and mindset because mindset is so important whatever you're doing whether that's public speaking or or whatever and you know maybe you're a person that's just starting out public speaking and you're you're really petrified and you're going to talk about things that will help you but also maybe you're a speaker already you do speaking as part of your job but there's some aspects of it that you're really sort of nervous about whether that's maybe audience interaction or adding humor and these things will help you too so what's the format it's going to be a weekly show And it's going to be a mix of solo shows with just me and also interviews with guests. Great, great guests to cover some of the different aspects of the things I was talking about. All sprinkled with fun and laughter. But before we kick properly into this week's episode, I thought I'd tell you a bit about my story. I was born in a gulag, a Russian prison on the icy windswept plains of the tundra. My birth name was Alexandra. And for the first 15 years of my life, all I knew were frozen potatoes, ice water and the bite of a guard's hand across my face. But I knew I could endure. I could survive because I had one dream, one, one hope, one massive goal, which was to escape so that I could help people become sensational public speakers. Um, Not all of that is true, but it does illustrate how a story can grab people's attention. What is true is that I love to help people fulfill their potential. And uh, the other things I, I really, uh, key aspirations are to entertain and to challenge people's thinking. Now, uh, in terms of background, I have a long background in human resources in the corporate world alongside doing stand-up comedy. Uh, I've also been an author, a playwright, a speaker and a coach I've done stand-up comedy all across the UK and a couple of solo shows in Edinburgh. I've spoken internationally, written a couple of business books about how to add humour to your speaking and also how to do uh, your sort of killer elevator pitch. And my play has been performed across the UK, also in Japan and Canada so far. And I am a coach, uh, an NLP coach, but also in my past I've been a tennis coach, although I don't do that too much these days at heart i'm a joker a storyteller and a teacher oh and i was born in london not russia and now to the meat of this week's show which is around mindset and how you can better manage negative thoughts I recently did a survey and it was around public speaking for a couple of reasons. I wanted to find out things maybe people want me to cover in the podcast, but also because I'm putting a new course together. And one of the questions that I asked on the survey was, what is your biggest challenge around public speaking or what area would you like to improve the most? And I got one response which a question which really sort of um I don't know, it really got to me. And uh, I, I'm going to read it out to you. Um, I'm petrified of public speaking. I'm very self-conscious about it. I get so nervous that basically I black out and run through things so fast. I'm not even sure what I said. Did I cover everything? Was I speaking gibberish? I've literally passed up job opportunities because there may be presentation requirements. What if my business takes off and I'm offered a speaking opportunity down the road? Would I pass that up because of fear? Long story short, overcoming fear of public speaking. This might not fit where you are now as a speaker, but I'm pretty sure it's applied to all of us to varying degrees and and I will again if we want to grow and face new challenges. I've studied mindset and I found that everyone um, has negative thoughts. They have fears and Doubts and anxieties, especially when we step outside our comfort zone. It's human nature, and regardless of what you do for a job, or how successful you are, or how much time you spend in front of the bathroom mirror roaring at yourself and telling yourself how amazing you are, the thoughts and feelings still come. I guess the question, though, is why are some people successful in spite of the fear? Now, from all the reading and research I've done on managing fear, I think it comes down to the way we look at fear and our attitude towards it. In her book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, Susan Jeffers says that in order to win, we need to see fear as a way of life rather than a barrier to success. And pretty much all of the experts say the same thing the only way through fear is to do the thing we're scared of. Well, that's, that's easy to say and hard to do. I think Russ Harris sums it up well in his book, The Confidence Gap. His number one rule in what he calls the confidence game is this, the actions of confidence come first, the feelings of confidence come later. And he uses the analogy of riding a bike to illustrate this. And I think it I think it works well. You wouldn't expect to be confident riding a bike, until you'd actually learned how to ride a bike. And once you've mastered the steering and pedaling and, and the stabilizer come off, you start to feel confident. And the more you ride, the more confident you get. And I think people that take positive action outside their comfort zone, despite feeling fear and hagg- having negative thoughts, seem to have two things going for them. They've got a strong vision of what they want to achieve, pulling them towards the future. And they found a way to manage their thoughts. And managing your thoughts is what I want to take a closer look at today. I guess one of the first questions is where do all of these negative thoughts come from? Well, it's evolution, baby. Back in the time of our cave dwelling ancestors, our minds Key purpose was to risk assess the environment and look at the multitude of things that could possibly kill us in order to keep us alive. Back in those days, it really wasn't healthy to go looking around at just the bright side. You know, if you only thought pe- positive thoughts, like, uh, I don't know, oh, hello, there's a T Rex there. My, it's got sharp teeth, but it's got those cute little arms. It'll never get me. Ah, pretty much you wouldn't be alive for very long. Certainly not long enough to procreate. Which is why we're probably descended from the people whose minds went around identifying obstacles, personal weaknesses and furry threats. Which at that point probably included potential mates. So negative thoughts are absolutely normal. But I think it's important to distinguish between two different types of negative thoughts that our mind serves up often the mind will bring us problems coupled with solutions and that is great that's constructive that's helpful we can pay attention to those but most of the time especially in situations outside our comfort zone the mind will just tell us the same old stories and those stories normally fall into four common categories those are the obstacles. Uh, The mind finds everything that stands in our way without providing any ideas about what to do. Um, Or self-judgments. That's when it tells us why we're not up to the task. Then it could also be comparisons. That's when we find out why our mind thinks everyone else is better than us. And lastly, predictions. When our mind is the broadcaster of doom and gloom. Most of these thoughts will come in the form of things like memories, images, fantasies, assumptions, vision, dreams, whatever it is at their essence. though, they're made up of two things. That's words and images. Now, normally the prescribed strategies for dealing with negative thoughts are first of all, to challenge or dispute them and look for evidence that they're not true. You've heard that one before, I'm sure, and I've told people to do that before. Uh, The second one is to replace them with positive thoughts. That's another common uh, remedy people suggest. And lastly, to distract yourself from those negative thoughts. Now, the only issue with those strategies are that they're based on the belief that negative thoughts are bad i used to be in that camp i used to think that but now i've done some more learning and some more research and i know now that negative thoughts are based on evolution they are completely normal uh, our species wouldn't have been alive if our minds didn't do that thing for for people in the past um and i've come to the conclusion that it might be time to look at negative thoughts in a Different way from a different perspective, and the first question that I would ask is: Are negative thoughts actually a problem? Like you, probably, I've had negative thoughts that even dark, violent thoughts that I've not acted on. Normally, it is around Christmas time when I've gone shopping in my lunch hour, and every pensioner is out at the same time when they've had all day to do their Christmas shopping. And I've obviously not acted on any of those violent thoughts I had. Then there's been times when I've wanted to throw in the towel for my job and resign. And I haven't done it. I haven't acted on it. And then, I don't know about you, but sometimes the world has seemed uh, full of burdens. And I've wanted to walk off into the sunset and leave all my problems behind. But I haven't. I've stayed. And that shows me that whilst my thoughts have influence on me, they don't control me. Again, Russ Harris sums this up quite well. Negative thoughts are not inherently problematic. They only become so if we get caught up in them. If we give them all our attention, treat them as gospel truth, allow them to control us or get into a fight with them. And he calls this a technical term called fusion. So what we need to do is find some way, if we have got hooked up with these thoughts, is to find some way of separating to realize that they are just words and pictures which should help to take the power out of them. So we need to learn how to get off the hook or even better, how not to get hooked in the first place. Now in his book, The Confidence Gap, Russ Harris suggests that it doesn't matter And this is an important point because, I, you know, probably your mind's thinking this and I thought this. It doesn't matter whether the thoughts are true or not, whether we think they're true or not. The only question is whether thought is helpful, whether it'll help us achieve the results we want to be the person we want to be or to create the life we want to live. What I want to do now is to share a few practical exercises and tools that I found useful in helping me manage my negative thoughts and take action. Now, the first are some exercises from Russ Harris's book, which I'll link to in the show notes. And they're to begin helping you separate or defuse from the negative thoughts. And they're based on three steps. Number one, to notice the thought or limiting belief. Number two, to name it, and number three, to neutralize it. Okay, let's take a look at exercise one. Let's use a thought I've had, which put me off recording this podcast for at least two weeks. And that is, who are you to talk to people about this stuff, Sarah? Now, in exercise one, the first step is to take that thought and repeat it silently to yourself, maybe for about 30 seconds. Step two is to say to yourself, I'm having the thought, who are you to talk to people about this stuff, Sarah? Ah, it's the old imposter story again. That's the naming step. And number three, to say to yourself, I notice I'm having the thought, who are you to talk to these people about this stuff, Sarah? By this point, you might have already achieved some separation, but now we're going to up the ante and do exercise two, which I call singing first step is the same, repeat the thought or limiting self-belief to yourself again in your head silently. And then step two is to sing the thought to the tune of happy birthday. Now, I was going to do this, but it is incredibly difficult and uh, I didn't want to embarrass myself or, or give pain to anyone else listening. So that's step two, sing the thought to the tune of happy birthday. Now, step three of exercise two is to sing the two, tu- to sing the uh, thought again, but this time to a tune of your choice. And when I did it, I chose Beyonce's "If You Like It," then you should have put a ring on it, which again was quite a challenge actually. Uh, now, exercise three: so you take the same thought, or uh, if you've got a separation from that thought, and you maybe you want to work on something different take a different thought and say it to yourself step one's the same say it to yourself silently for about 30 seconds and then step two in this one is to take the thought and hear it in your mind in a cartoon character's voice or a famous actor's distinctive voice and and again it, it's hear it in that in that voice and step three is to choose another distinctive voice and and listen to it in that voice This is quite similar. I don't know if any of you have done NLP, but in NLP, we have a thing called the fast phobia cure. And we're looking there at uh, something that happened in someone's life and playing with the memory so that it loses power. And this is similar, but this is with thoughts. Now, for those of you that are visual, the last exercise uh, in this round that I'm going to tell you about is uh, is where, again, step one's the same. You take the thought and you repeat it silently to yourself. And then step two of this exercise is to imagine the words of the thought typed in plain black ink on a computer screen and then you start playing with it. Maybe you change the font or the color, uh, maybe go from a boring old Roman Times New Roman to a Comic Sans, I don't know. Um, And then step three, maybe play around with the spacing. Uh, with the uh, making it larger uh, heading style I don't know maybe make it vertical down the screen or have a karaoke bouncing ball Um, you can do anything you like it's not a real computer screen so there we go those exercises are to help us see the thoughts for what they are as I said just words and images to create some separation and to diminish their power and I hope you find them useful. Certainly, I, I had a chuckle when I when I did them. Now, the last exercise I'm going to tell you about is to help you avoid getting hooked in the first place. But what I found is this exercise also helps with focus, particularly when you want to do that deep work and not get sidetracked by your mind offering up distractions uh, like mine does. And well, you should do the ironing, Sarah, or maybe pull some weeds or eat chocolate. And uh, I'm always working on focus. So this has been really, really helpful to me. Um, so the thing here is to imagine, take yourself off somewhere quiet, imagine yourself at a train station set a timer for five minutes uh, the train station could be any sort of train station you want it could be a leafy autumn day or it could be blazing sunshine and you're sitting on the bench it's it's your experience it's your imagination it's your train station so you sit at the train station and as you you know your eyes are closed and you'll find that the thoughts will come because the voice is like a the mind is like a radio it never turns off so when those thoughts start coming just imagine that they're trains and they just go through the station they don't stop and you don't get on them now you might even find you have the thought well I don't actually use trains and when you find yourself getting hooked like that you just notice and you start again and you do it for about five minutes as I said and then you can build up to 10 minutes and this is an incredibly powerful tool and the best time that you find it helps is when you do step outside your comfort zone or you know uh, for, for instance when you go and do something if you're going to do your public speaking your presentation and you the fight or flight mode kicks in that adrenaline kicks in and that's to be to the fight or flight thing is a great thing because that just means you're going getting ready for Peak performance, but you find those thoughts start coming, and this gives you the skill set to be able to let those thoughts pass by so that you can focus your energy on what you're there to do. Okay, by this point, we've hopefully got some separation from our negative thoughts, and now we're ready to have a go at taking action. Now, that action might be to make an important decision or practice a skill or maybe write the first page of of our novel that's inside us, or put up a hand to share a thought at work, or do our first presentation. Whatever it is, here are some tools that will help. Let's take a look at making a decision first. Now, in her book, Susan Jeffers points out that often we procrastinate around this because of a fear that we won't be able to handle the outcome of the decision that we make. She says we will always find a way and we'll always grow, even if things don't go to plan. And one of my coaches shared a really useful tool to help with decision making. And it's this. First of all, consider what's the worst that could happen. Then have a look at what is the best that could happen. And lastly, consider what's likely to happen. Then count backwards from five, four, three, two, one and decide. And the reason you count back from five uh, to zero is you can't carry on. Cool, but what if it's action that we need to take rather than make a decision? So you've done the work on separating from your negative thoughts and you're ready to start writing or make that call or to draft your signature talk or rehearse your talk. Uh, If you say you're gonna do it, And then your mind begins to talk you out of it. Now, Mel Robbins, in her book, The Five Second Rule, she's worked out that between us making a decision to do something and our mind kicking into self-preservation mode, keeping us small and coming up with excuses, there is about five seconds. So she uses a technique that she calls the five second rule and she makes the decision, counts back from five and takes the action. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Well, try it and see if it helps you move forward. So to summarize today's little helpful exercise and techniques around managing negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are completely normal. Normal. And it doesn't matter whether you believe they're true or not. The only question is, are they helping you move forward towards the person you want to be in the life you want and if they aren't helpful don't fight them don't get caught up with them or if you are have a go at these exercises and try and diffuse them and go ahead and take the actions that will help you towards your goals remember the feelings of confidence will come the more action you take And if you have an important decision to make, consider all the possible outcomes and then count back from five and decide. And if you make a decision to take action, use the five second rule to stop your mind from sabotaging your plans. And if you do struggle really badly with confidence and and anxiety, then I would recommend reading any of those three books. Um, Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, Mel Robbins' book, Uh, Five Second Rule and uh, Russ Harris's book, The Confidence Gap, which I'm finding particularly useful. And so, yeah, I just want to say that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you giving me the time and the attention. I know you've got a lot of choice on what you listen to, and it's been great to have you listen to me today. There are some things that you could do which would be really, really helpful if you, uh, if you want to make sure you don't miss the next episode, then please subscribe. That would be fantastic. Also, if you liked it, then uh, you should have put a ring on it. No, <laughs> if you liked it, then it would be great if you could leave a positive review on iTunes. If you hated it, well, don't do that. Just walk off into the sunset. Um, and if you want to share it and tell people about podcasts, that would be fantastic too. So, Thanks again for listening, and you have a fantastic week. And remember to go and grab life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Hey, if you're listening to this show because you want to start speaking or have a big talk or pitch coming up and you want to make it the best it can be, then you made the right choice, because this podcast is the vehicle that can help you get there. But I wanted to tell you about something that will get you there even faster. Something that incorporates all the hacks, tools, and tips I've picked up from my years in comedy, theater, marketing, and coaching. And that's my blueprint for creating and delivering a story-led talk that engages, inspires, and converts. And the best bit is that I'll be sharing my blueprint and the mindset hack that will help you overcome public speaking anxiety in a free webinar masterclass. To register, go to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. This puppy gives you the soup to nuts for creating powerful talks that connect with and engage your audience every time. So grab your place now. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass.